Good morning, and welcome to our first full day of practice together. These, these beautiful conditions, I've been noticing that the weather this week is supposed to just be spectacular. What a great time to be in practice, to be able to sit and do your walking meditation outside and to just feel our systems, our nervous systems settling, our bodies settling, to be in a place together and safely together. Something that hasn't been possible for a while, and yet here we are now. And in this settling and this opportunity to let, I just, you know, to let this, this physical, mental, heart system, giving it this chance to drop its, its walls, its borders, and drop its uh, reaching and grasping for the next thing and for the excessive stimulation that is just the truth of our lives. And it's such a great opportunity to put away those devices. And I know many of you have already sort of, some of you will enter into letting go of the devices as you may already have with joy and delight. A lot of us, though, bit really attached to them. And I mean, they are this, this window into all our connections with people, all the world with people, um, both that we care about and that need things from us. It's sort of like we carry the whole world in our pocket now. But the whole world is pretty darn heavy. And it kind of, it's more like a heavy backpack we carry around. And so this is a chance to play with and see what, after these years perhaps, where you didn't have a chance to let go of it. But if there's some hesitancy... It's completely understandable. There was a great uh, a practitioner told me once he had he had not let go of his cell phone and it was in his room and he was sitting in his room and he said he'd be sitting there and he'd like feel the urge to reach for the the cell phone and it was off and he would like sit there and he'd go oh yeah look at that urge look at that urge okay no I'm sitting I'm sitting. And then he said if he lost mindfulness for just like four or five seconds, he'd notice his hand was already out there on the cell phone. And be like, no, no, that's not what I'm doing. But it it's, starts to get built into our system. So this morning we want to have a little ceremony to release it. And if you've already given it up, that's fine. We still want you to participate. We'll, um, we'll have you, if you haven't yet put them away, come up and put them in the basket. But if you have, or you've locked it in your car, 
or some other way um, already given it to the retreat managers, please participate. Uh, come down the aisle, as I'll explain in a minute, and just bow and offer it so that you get the opportunity of uh, recognizing this as a beautiful act of supportive renunciation. And those of you who haven't, um, just to let you know, they are locked up. They're, they're, someplace, they're in a safe, locked away. If you need to use a phone, as you know, there's an emergency contact. People can get a hold of you. If for something comes up and you need to call out, there's phones available in the council house that a, one of the retreat coordinators can set you up with. And if something comes up and you need the phone back, they, they haven't been, uh, they're not permanently disappeared. If you need it back, you realize you can go get it. So just, there is a way out. And if you didn't bring it with you this morning, if you forgot, then um, please participate in the ceremony and then um, take it over to the retreat managers afterward. That's fine to do. So take a moment just to feel yourself. Maybe there's some mixed feelings about letting go of it for a week, maybe a mixture of relief and, and hesitation. There might be something on there that you have the idea, no, I really need to keep it because it has the time. What if I don't hear the bell? Oh, well, what if you don't hear the bell? Oh, well. What if I take a nap and I don't wake up in time? Oh, well. It's okay. You might feel as you let go of it certain ideas and beliefs about how things have to be or how you have to be or how you, what you need to take care of or how you need to show up. Maybe some of those get dropped away with the phone or the pad. So here in a moment, what I'll invite you to do, and maybe sort of starting with the people at the back of the room and then sort of moving forward, invite you to come to the middle and walk down the middle in two rows. And there's two baskets here. And then you can put your phone or your relinquishment into the basket and bow and then go out around the outer edge and go back to your seat. And as we do this, we're going to do the chant of Metta Karuna Mudita Upeka. And those words, Metta, you're probably very familiar with, loving kindness. Karuna is compassion. Mudita is joy, and upeka is equanimity. So we're trading our phones for the heart qualities. Okay, so we'll begin the chanting, and then those in the back can go ahead and begin. It doesn't need to be perfect organized, just a way to channel in. <laughs> 
Pita Upeka Meta Karuna Mudita 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 Upeka Karuna Mudita Upeka Meta 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 Karuna Mudita Upeka There's this, there's this refrain in the Pali Suttas. The Buddha talks about abandoning or giving up one happiness for a higher happiness. We are letting go of the happiness of our devices and stimulation for something better. The happiness of the heart. So each morning at this time, um, we'll begin by just sharing a few announcements that just have to do with our being together in community and making sure that you have all the information you need. Um, And then we'll offer some instructions for the meditation. 
and do a guided sit together. <clears throat> so I'll start with a few announcements today. And uh, we, because we're doing announcements at the beginning of this session, please be sure to arrive a few minutes early so that you're here settled by 8.30 so we can begin on time. <clears throat> So later this morning, the retreat coordinators will place um, a basket or a bowl in the front foyer with some paper and pens. If um, you have questions about your meditation practice, things you need to clarify about the instructions, something that's coming up that you could use some guidance with, you can jot a short question down on a slip of paper and leave it in the basket in the foyer. And during these morning sessions and also during the afternoon session sometimes, We'll take some of those questions and respond to them. Um, we'll we'll also be meeting with you in small groups and individually throughout the week to discuss your meditation practice. Um, so it's also fine to just hold your question until you have a meeting with one of us. Two other just uh, pointers on the schedule. Um, every day we'll also have a period of instructions at three thirty in the afternoon. So please, please come to that. We'll be uh, sharing important guidance for your practice this week at that session as well. You may have noticed on the schedule there are also um, two sittings in the afternoon, one at 4.45 and one at 6.45, um, that are what's known as affinity group sits. Um, so this is to support a sense of safety and building community here at Spirit Rock. Um, for some of us, we may come here to Marin County or to this land and feel quite at home, quite at ease. We might walk in and see others who look like us or speak the same native tongue as us, uh, share similar background and class or education. Um, and that might not be the case for others, depending on where we're from and how we've been raised. And essential to this practice, as uh, Marieline was talking about yesterday, is a sense of refuge feeling like we can settle inside. And one of the things that can support us to feel like we can settle inside is being in community with those who share similar life experiences to us. And so to support that sense of refuge and community, uh, we like to offer a dedicated space uh, to those who identify as black, indigenous, or persons of color, um, as well as to those who identify uh, as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, gender nonconforming, um, alphabet sangha. So um, these are optional if you identify as one of those um, backgrounds and uh, identities. Um, they will occur down in the community meditation hall, so where you did your um, COVID antigen test, so that it's a big room, there's lots of space to spread out. They're silent sits. Um, they're mostly peer-led. Today, um, each of the sits will be led by one of us just to get started. Um, and again, these are for folks who self-identify as one of those, uh, those categories, backgrounds, uh, identities. And... There's one other thing I was going to say. Ah, um, we also want to acknowledge there are many other life experiences and backgrounds that we come to this retreat with that may make it difficult to feel welcome or like we belong. Um, and it's 
simply a matter of like time and space that we're not able to offer more affinity groups for other life experiences, whether you're in recovery or are an immigrant or are a senior citizen. And so I just want to acknowledge that, that diversity of experience. Anything I missed that anyone wants to add or? Yeah, okay. Yes, right. Yeah, so Susie's just reminding me again to emphasize it. It's for folks who identify as BIPOC or Alphabet Sangha. So, for example, I identify as white and Jewish um, and as an ally. So my support for folks who identify as BIPOC or Alphabet Sangha would be to come here and continue my practice rather than to go to that space. Is that clear? All right, cool. Um, Last announcement, um, starting tomorrow... um, We'll be asking for practice leaders for some of the meditation periods here in the hall because we'll be doing group meetings or preparing our talk. So you'll see a a sign-up out on the bulletin board out there with um, a slot for each day for different periods. And we invite you, if you would like, to add your name. And then during that meditation period to come up here, you can sit in any one of these seats, bring the bell um, and the, the gong and the striker over to your seat, Um, and then just ring the bell at the end of the time. It's a wonderful way to support the community and also to bring a little bit more mindfulness to your practice sitting up here. So I want to talk a little bit about this practice that we're doing here, and in particular, um, these next couple of days as we arrive and settle into the retreat. So Susie mentioned last night that one of the um, mechanisms of this practice is to see clearly. Vipassana insight means to see clearly, to see deeply into the nature of things. So in order to see something clearly, to really understand it, we need a steady gaze, yeah? If you're trying to understand something, and every 30 seconds you get up and go do something else, or you look at your phone, or you start thinking about something else, you're not going to be able to really understand whatever that thing is you're trying to study if your mind is continually darting from one thing to another, okay? So the first phase of this practice is to develop some of the conditions that support us to see clearly. And one of those primary conditions is a mind that's steady, that's collected, that's stable, so that as we begin to look into things, we've kind of uh, heightened the power of observation in the mind by gathering and collecting all of our inner resources and beginning to counter some of the momentum of fragmentation and distractedness that is so much a habit of our lives today. So sometimes these two parts of the practice are referred to as shamatha and vipassana. Shamatha or samatha means calm abiding, resting the mind, gathering things together. And then vipassana is looking deeply, seeing into the nature of things. So these first two days, we'll be emphasizing this phase of settling, gathering, collecting, simplifying, just doing one thing at a time. 
And rather than this being a burden, something that we need to get really tight around or struggle with, this can be a relief. (laughs) Yeah, like instead of needing to chase after a million things and track half a dozen different tasks and be on time, it's like, what if all we had to do was one thing? And then another one thing. That's the essence of shamatha practice, is this simplification and singleness of intent. We give all of our heart to just doing one thing. So to do that, we have some support in the meditation practice, a kind of method for supporting this natural process of the mind settling and coming together. We use what's known as an anchor. So just as an anchor holds a ship at sea in one place, keeps it from drifting too far, we use a reference point in our experience to keep coming back to, to anchor our attention in the present moment and to give the mind something to collect around. So there are different anchors that we can use. The key to the the key to having an anchor that works for you is first and foremost it should be something that is pleasant or neutral. Meaning it's something that's not uncomfortable or unpleasant to be aware of. And that way we can stay with it for a long time. It also should should be something that's relatively easy to feel, that's accessible. You don't have to work super hard to notice it. So for example, can you feel your hands right now? Can you just be aware of the sensations there? Yeah? So this is one example of an anchor, just feeling the sensations of your hands. Now, if you happen to have arthritis and your hands are aching, Not such a good anchor, probably, because it's unpleasant. But if the sensations in your hands feel neutral to pleasant, that could be a supportive anchor. So in the meditation, I'll go through three different possible anchors. And the idea is to choose one as your primary anchor. That's your go-to. That's your default in the sitting. Sometimes it happens over the course of the meditation that we start to struggle. We start to get really tight or confused. That that relationship with the anchor can get complicated sometimes. And then if that happens, you can just move to a different anchor. You just kind of have a plan B that you fall back on. And you spend some time with plan B until things loosen up and then go back to your primary anchor. Okay. So some of the common anchors that we'll be offering are sound, So just the experience of hearing, you just keep coming back to whatever sounds are happening. And you just notice hearing, hearing, just anchoring your attention there. Sound can be a very useful anchor if the body is not a comfortable place. If you have trauma that you're working with, the body can bring up a lot of different intense feelings, emotions, memories. Sound could be a more neutral place to anchor your attention. As I mentioned, the body, so maybe just feeling your hands 
and then you could feel the sensations uh, of the chair beneath you. And you shift your attention from one to the other. Notice the hands touching, notice the body sitting. And we can use a soft mental note to just help the mind stay focused and connected. So if you're noticing sound, you might just from time to time just label what's, what's being noticed, just hearing, hearing, hearing. And just like pointing, re- remembering, reminding ourselves. Or if you're using the, the body, sitting, touching, sitting, sitting, touching. And then, of course, the breath is one of the most common anchors, feeling the breath wherever it feels most accessible and palpable in your body. Okay, just a few pointers before we, before we move into the meditation. So simplifying things and letting your attention rest with an anchor doesn't mean you need to block out other experiences. You don't need to make anything go away. You don't need to make your thoughts stop. You don't need to make the person who's rustling their clothes behind you sit still. Okay. It's about being more interested in the anchor than in everything else. So we just get interested and say, okay, let's just pay attention to this in a friendly way. So like you're having lunch with a friend and you're in a noisy outdoor restaurant and there's lots of conversations happening, but you're really, really interested in hearing what your friend is saying, so you give all of your attention to them and you you listen wholeheartedly. That's the quality we're bringing to the anchor. Lots of other things happening. We don't pay attention to them. We just let them be there in the background and give more attention to the anchor. As other things come up and pull on our attention, some nagging thought, some plan, some worry, some memory, all you need to do is acknowledge it. Just say, oh, thanks, later. Later. And then come back to the anchor. The reason we call this practice is that we're learning. It's not supposed to be perfect. And so the mind will wander, it'll drift, it'll get lost. And then the practice, the learning, is how do we gently let go and begin again? And you'll do that a hundred times, a thousand times in a sitting. Ten thousand times during the day. Every time you let go and begin again, you're strengthening many, many powerful qualities in your mind. Simplicity, patience, renunciation, resilience, steadiness. You can trust that. Okay, so if you're not already, go ahead and find a comfortable posture. One where your spine feels relatively upright so you can be alert. but relaxed enough that you can feel at ease. So I'll go through a few different anchors as a way of experimenting and just seeing where is it easiest for you to rest your attention.
So to begin, perhaps just noticing the sounds that are present. There's nothing special we need to do to hear. You don't have to go find a sound. Just letting the sounds come to you. From time to time, just in a very soft, quiet voice in your own mind, you just say, hearing, hearing, as a way of reminding, remembering oneself to pay attention to this experience of sounds coming and going. giving yourself the freedom of putting everything else down for now. But if the only thing you had to do was to just hear, just notice hearing, Noticing what that's like for you. And then if you like, beginning to notice how it feels to be sitting right now in your own body. I often find it helpful at the beginning of a period of meditation to just check in and relax or release a few areas of the body where we tend to hold tension So you might notice the area around your eyes, your eyebrows and forehead, seeing if you can soften the muscles there, seeing the forehead be relaxed, your eyes and eyebrows, feeling your jaw. If there's any tension or tightness in the jaw, just seeing if you can soften it ever so slightly, just releasing the jaw. Relaxing the neck and throat, imagining your throat opening like you were yawning, loosening those muscles in the throat. Allowing the shoulders to soften so you can imagine that your elbows were getting heavy. And then the distance between your earlobes and the tops of your shoulders could lengthen or extend ever so slightly as the shoulder blades slide down the back. 
Imagine that you're carrying a heavy backpack and you just slipped it off your shoulders. Ah, something settling down your back. Letting the chest be open and your belly soft. Feeling the contact with the chair, the cushion beneath you. Noticing your legs folded or sitting beneath you, touching the floor, your knees or feet on the earth. And then beginning to notice the body as an anchor. So just feeling the sensations of contact with the earth, your backside against the chair or the cushion. Noticing the sensations of touching. Does it feel hard or soft there? You might notice the pressure of the body pushing down, feeling of gravity holding us here. You might notice the steadiness, the solidity of the earth beneath you. Just letting your attention rest with that point of contact between your backside and the chair, and you notice touching, sitting. And then to help the mind stay awake, connected, when we use the body as an anchor, we often shift the attention from one place to another in a very natural, slow way. So after noticing the sensations of sitting, the backside touching the floor, the chair, then you shift your attention to your hands in your lap or on your knees, and you notice the hands touching. Letting all of your attention be right there with the sensations of the hands touching. And then shifting back to sitting, sitting. Noticing how this experience is for you, being aware of the body, hands touching, body sitting. And 
so as we sit quietly, you might notice that the body's breathing. Thankfully, it does so all by itself. You can begin to notice where you feel the sensations of the body breathing. You might notice your belly or abdomen rising and falling, expanding and contracting. You can rest your attention there. You might notice your chest expanding, lifting, contracting, falling. Anchoring your attention with the breath either at the chest or the abdomen tends to support a sense of embodiment, really being fully connected to our sensory experience. For some, it might be easier to be aware of the breath at the tip of the nostrils, just above the upper lip. Feel the light touch of the air coming and going, breathing in, breathing out. That's also totally welcome. Feeling the breath at the nostrils, just breathing in, breathing out. And again, from time to time, you can use a soft mental note. Rising. Falling. Or in. Out. Breathing in. Breathing out. So having explored each of these, sound, the body sitting, touching, and the breath rising and falling, coming in, out. Choosing one as your primary anchor. What's the easiest for you to feel and rest your attention with?
So allowing all of your attention to rest there, just giving your heart over to the simplicity of that experience. And anytime you notice that the attention has wandered, forgotten, or gotten lost, it's a moment to just smile, very warmly and kindly acknowledge And just allow the attention to come back to the anchor. It'll happen on its own. You don't need to yank it or force it. Gently let go and begin again.
So I want to offer one or two more pointers. <clears throat> First, just a clarification for anyone who's new or newer that um, the guidance I just did of kind of going, starting with sound and going through the body, then exploring the breath was um, more just to familiarize you with the different anchors. And the intention is that you choose one of those and then stick with it primarily, yeah? So when you come to a period of formal sitting, you know, settle in if it's supportive to relax the body, notice sound for a little bit, fine, great. Um, but you're not meant to kind of move through all of them every sitting. So I want to make sure that's clear. You choose one, that's your primary anchor, and you stay with it unless the relationship gets too tight or complicated, and then you can move to plan B. Plan B gets too hard, move to plan C, <laughs> and so forth. Uh, how many people felt sleepy during that sit? Raise your hand. Anyone? Mm -hmm. How many people felt restless? Uh-huh. How many people... Um, how many people's bodies hurt at some point? Look around, look around, okay? This is really natural, okay? We're used to moving all day, to having our minds stimulated, so we're gonna feel restless, we're gonna feel sleepy. Uh, the body's gonna feel uncomfortable when we sit still. It just takes some time to get used to. Even us who've been practicing for decades, when you start a retreat, there's an adjustment period. It's kind of like detoxing. Okay, so some of it, just try to bear with it. There are also little things you can do to try to meet those experiences with balance. So for example, if you're feeling sleepy, try to sit up a little bit straighter. Focus a little more on the in-breath, which brings energy into the body. You can open your eyes. If you get really, really sleepy, stand up to your meditation standing. Okay? If you feel really restless, focus a little bit more on the exhalation, which can be settling. Try to widen your attention. Don't try to like corral it and pin it down. That's going to amp up the restlessness. So if you're feeling really antsy, maybe take some time anchoring with sound, which tends to feel more spacious. Uh, if there's pain in the body, um, trust your own intelligence about what kind of pain it is, right? Like if it feels like this is not good, I don't want to injure myself, then fine, very slowly, mindfully shift your posture. If it's just a little uncomfortable, just let it be there in the background. But take care that you're not getting into a fight with it, struggling with it. That's just going to burn up a lot of energy. So if it's really impinging, again, just notice it, make the choice to shift your posture, and then slowly, mindfully adjust your posture. Over the course of the retreat, we'll offer more tools for how to be mindful of those sensations themselves and incorporate them directly into the practice. So last thing, uh, and then I'll turn it over to Susie who will offer some more instructions for walking. Our job here is just to show up. Just show up one moment at a time. That's all we can do. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just make a sincere effort 
and then let the practice work on its own. Steadiness, collectedness builds one moment at a time by being mindful of what's happening. And you can trust that. Thank you, Oren. If you took in all those instructions, you have everything you need. You really do. Thank you. So one of the things that's different about being on retreat from our home practice is that we keep going. We don't just do our 30 or 45 minutes sit and then go back to the rest of our day. And so one of the most, there, I would say there's two primary um, supports of retreat. One is the silence, not being involved in interacting with people, interacting with devices, reading, all those things. And the other one is the continuity of practice through the day. So it's really important that you don't, when you hear the bell ring, you don't have the idea, oh, I'm done. You're not done. You're, it's a signal that it's an opportunity to change your posture of practice that you're moving from one way of practicing to another, but the practice continues right through the bell, right through the process of standing up and then going into your walking meditation. And the walking meditation is just as important. It's not like the sitting here is the real meditation and the walking is sort of a filler. It's absolutely as important. Some people will find the sitting meditation more engaging, easier. Some people will find the walking more engaging or easier to stay with. And that's okay. Whichever one, um, one might come along first, and then you just keep doing the other one until it also feels, uh, you feel connected to it. So the walking meditation, again, as Oren was saying, it's a very, very simple practice. The simpler you can make it, the more you can settle into it. And so the encouragement is to go find a place that you'll do your walking practice and practice, pay attention between here and there. We'll say more about that. But just go find a place and you'll be walking back and forth. It might be 20, 30 paces. It might be 20, 30 feet, sort of whatever the conditions allow. If you're outside, you can go out there onto the patio, anywhere out on the, you know, the roads and paths out here, back patio out on the trails. You can also go, there's an upstairs walking room and you walk crosswise in the room, not lengthwise, so that more people can be there. And there's also uh, 
walking and movement space going down these stairs into the lower hall below us. So all those places are available for you to go and do your walking practice. It's different than taking a walk. It's part of the simplifying that you're just doing this very simple back and forth. There's no nothing you need to debate about where you're going or how long to be out for. You're doing your walking practice until the bell rings and you come back and sit. Very simple. The walking practice is we couldn't we can't sit all the time. I, I, the there was an alternate of hands of sleepiness and restlessness, but kind of a shared everybody or most of us with uh, aches in your body. So the walking meditation allows us to continue the practice and brings energy into the body and ease and yet continuity. The Buddha emphasized four postures, sitting, walking, standing, and lying down. So as Oren mentioned, if you're sleepy or you need a change of posture, you can just stand up here. So let's begin a little bit of instruction about the walking itself by paying attention to your process of standing up. So let's all come to standing and do it slowly and let that be included in your mindful practice. And you might, as you're standing, let your eyes close for a moment so that you really feel your body standing. And let your attention come to your feet and feel your connection with the ground. Feel the earth beneath you. And with your attention on your feet, maybe on the bottoms of your feet or around the ankles, you can see where your attention is drawn. Slowly pour the weight, your weight, into your right leg. And just notice the changes of sensation that occur. Very intimate. Inside. And then slowly shift your weight to the other leg. And notice again the changes of sensation in your left leg as weight comes onto it. And now shift your attention back to the right leg, but keep your attention on the left leg. And notice the sensations as the weight leaves your leg. And begin to pick up that leg, maybe just so you're balanced on your toe. and then set it back down, maybe an inch forward or backward, and then weight it again, and notice all the sensations that are there, and then lift the other one, and notice it, and set it down next to or an inch away, and shift again. And then line your feet up so you come back to standing, 
And you might have very quickly noticed that there was way more going on than you could actually pay attention to. There's all the stuff happening on the bottom of your feet. There's many things happening around the ankles. There's things happening in the upper legs, in the hips. When you're doing your walking, keep it simple. Choose one particular area. It might be the bottom of the feet. Many people find that. Or the ankle. And stay with the sensations in the body as you walk. And then you might another walking period shift and feel a different area of the body. Now to pay attention to these more intimate, small movements, you may find you have to walk more slowly. And that's a good way to do practice. But if you're tired or it just, or your balance is hard or you just don't feel like walking slowly, you can walk faster, it's fine. And in that case, you might more pay attention to the movement of the whole leg, or if you're walking more quickly, the sensation of the whole body as it moves through space. The walking meditation is a place that it's fine to be creative and sort of see what interests you, see what part of your body draws your attention, but it's very much a practice of being embodied in your body. And you may notice that at times your mind wanders off just like in the sitting, and then you just come back. And one of the wonderful things about walking is that you'll get to the end of your little turnaround space and you'll have to turn around. And if we've gotten too lost in thoughts, often the turning around will remind us that we're doing something other than wandering. So use the turnaround to stop, feel your body, maybe take in sounds for a minute, where you are, and then slowly turn and begin again. So we'll continue to add to the walking instructions, but that should be enough to get you started. And um, one encouragement, um, you could try different speeds, going slower, faster. It is helpful often to go at a different speed than the one you regularly walk because it helps bring a little bit. Eventually, it's good to have mindfulness in your regular walking. But initially, it can be nice to change the pace so that the automatic habits you may have when just walking and thinking are disturbed a little bit. So that's one encouragement. Okay. So please enjoy your walking. And we have about a half an hour for the walking this morning. And then we'll come back for another sip.